Welcome to Live the Fuel. Welcome to Live Welcome the Fuel. To Live the Fuel. Focusing on health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So this evening, I've got another one of these newer contacts, these newer networking connections, thanks to the power of, I don't know who actually connected me with this gentleman because there's these new services now in the podcast world that people are reaching out to me and introducing powerful new co-hosts that I can bring on to you, the listeners. So I don't know which one, because there's now three different people contacting me now to give me uh, people to chat with, but I enjoyed finding this gentleman out of the massive list of people that I now get over the past month, uh, because this gentleman is a fellow former firefighter like myself, and I'm really intrigued to get into his lifestyle and his... um, We'll just say story of entrepreneurship because real quick, I'll give you guys a little bit of his bio here. He was a professional firefighter for 12 years. Uh, He worked at the busiest station on the West Coast as somebody who has served in Arizona and all over the West as a hotshot. I know that the California and the West Coast, they get a little more action than us here on the East Coast. We have a little more moisture here than they do usually throughout the year. Uh, But while he was, he calls it his dream job, he, you know, he was injured. Unfortunately, a lot of my fire brothers and sisters, that happens. It's not exactly the safest job in the world, but it can be one of the most fun. Uh, But long story short, got injured. He left with chronic back pain, helped him realize he needed something to fall back on. We literally just chatted right before we fired off the recording today, and he kind of dropped a hint about the whole love and relationships and how marriage is also impacted by our life decisions. Um, But anyway, retired early from the fire department, 34 years old, began his own branch and team in the mortgage business. Uh, His first full year retired his team and did $70 million in in production. that's a pretty significant dollar amount. I'd love to talk more about that because I don't know a ton about the mortgage. Uh, now that I'm a, I have a fiance, it's something I need to get into. So without further ado, I'm going to bring this gentleman on. Welcome to the show, Shane Kidwell. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on, sir. I love to be able to honor my my fellow brothers and sisters from the fire world. And you definitely served longer than me, sir. So um, uh, kudos to you because now, see, you were based in California? Based in Seattle. Seattle. And, oh, I used to uh, travel out there all the time. To be fair, my wife would say I probably worked longer than I should have as well. So, um, uh, yeah, I worked 12 years uh, at the busy station in downtown Seattle and uh, loved every minute of it. But at the same time, uh, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And as you know, being a firefighter, uh, they tell you what to wear. They tell you when to eat, when to sleep. And uh, it just really didn't jive with my entrepreneurial brain. No, but you have to admit, uh, now granted, I didn't have enough time to really I guess, exercise the entrepreneurial spirit while I was doing the fire thing. But I guess if I could have stayed in the fire world, I probably would have been doing exactly what happened to you. I mean, uh, if you have that itch and you start scratching it, it's going to overtake you sooner or later. And we're all at just different places in the timeline. And if you do it right, um, you can actually build side businesses, side hustles, and still keep your fire career. I mean, one of our prior co-hosts back when I first launched a show last year, I met this gentleman in San Diego, California, and he's he's Cal Fire uh, City, and he he's still a I think he's a lieutenant or a captain. I'm blanking on his exact role, but he's he's a career guy, and he's got his own coffee business that benefits firefighters and injured firefighters and all kinds of stuff going on the side, and he's still serving. So. Everybody's different. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's funny you mentioned that side hustle because that was my kind of fear of stepping out on my own is, man, I'm giving up a pension. I'm giving up a great job, but it, it did allow me the freedom to 
take risks that maybe if that was my only job, I might not have taken. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to be an entrepreneur on your own, starting from scratch with nothing having, and again, I don't have kids, but I have a wife mm. and uh, we have bills just like anybody else. And so, yeah, it was, it, it allowed me the opportunity to grow, to be creative without, you know, obviously losing my shorts, so to speak. Well, and, and, you know, and I love being transparent. I just say it how it is in this show. This is open conversational format and I love bringing truth to the audience. And let's be a little bit real here. You kind of dropped a subtle hint about that family and yeah. I, I don't have kids. I'm not married as of yet. I, after all these years, I'll be turning 40 later this month and I'm finally engaged as some people <laughs> would like to say. Um, that's only, that's only because me being the never ending bachelor and the firefighting did not help with that. Um, it did not, no. <laughs> it, it's, I, I, uh, you could probably attest to this. I try to explain to people that uh, it was only two years, but I served as a, a hotshot. So you being in Seattle, you're on the West Coast, you know what wildland is because Washington also has wildland. And now granted, I never got assigned to a fire up there, and which upset me because I used to go out there on business because I used to be an analyst with T-Mobile before I was a firefighter. Yeah. Their ivory towers are out there. Um, but I explained to people, I said, you know, I'd already been a bachelor for a while and I kind of used the firefighting as maybe a crutch uh, as far as allowing myself to open up the romantic side of me and really finally like dig deeper into that vulnerability of who I was as a man. So I just really just focused on the career and the firefighting and then traveling and having an adventure and when I was laid off during the, the winter season and stuff like that. So my long story short on that is my excuse was, well, you know, I'm, I'm serving 16 hours a day on the fire line and we're off in the woods and sometimes we don't come back from travel for a month. So I, I said, you know, I just didn't feel it was fair to bring somebody else's heart into that situation. So I just made myself stay single during those two years. Um, and my, some, my people who've known me a long time, they're like, well, how do you explain the before and after that? Cause you were also <laughs> single then too. And I was like, all right. You got me on that one. Preparation. But, let, but let's be real. Like this is, I mean, you could speak to this being an entrepreneur, being a firefighter, both depending on where you're at in the timeline are, are a major impact in your romantic life. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and God bless my wife. So we actually just had our nine year anniversary yesterday. Oh, congratulations. And again, I mean, marriage takes effort, takes time, takes a lot of commitment. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that I really have a, 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 and I don't even know if it's a problem. Sometimes it's a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse. I have a business mind. And I mean, like, I think a lot of people can attest to this. When I'm sitting in bed, my mind is churning out ideas and it's really hard to turn that off. Uh, but as we talked about, you know, my wife came to me one day and it wasn't out of bitterness or spite. She said, man, if you would invest the time in me that you invest in your business, she just kind of trailed off. And I thought, wow, that's a, that's kind of a life lesson because at the end of the day, I can always generate more revenue. I can't generate more time. Mm -hmm. And so for the last year, that's one of the reasons that I, I did retire early, gave up my dream job and my pension was to have more time with my wife, to grow a family, to make sure we have a good work-life balance. And so it's important. I mean, you, you, as a fireman in Seattle, I was gone 24 hours at a time. Yeah. I literally come home at eight in the morning and I kind of make the joke. I was like Superman. I jump in the phone booth, put on my suit. And go to the office. So my wife might not see me for 36 hours at a time and God bless her. Very patient woman. Um, not a great way to build a romantic, um, relationship by any means, but she stuck with me. She was there from the beginning before I was, you know, growing in my mortgage business and as an entrepreneur and just kind of stuck with me with it. But yeah, it definitely made it hard for sure. Well, it, it, and I can, I can attest to, it's funny cause I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Like my father has never worked for anybody. And 
I saw the struggle, you know, experience, like we didn't always own a house. Like we, my dad would rent houses and stuff like that. So I watched that, you know, I learned over the years that he had gone through a couple bankruptcies and then would rebuild, never giving up, never surrendering. And so now years later, as, a, as I'm a mature person trying to figure out the entrepreneurial world, it's like, oh, I should have actually respected that more. But as a kid, you don't know. And yeah. You, and when, you know, when yeah. he's gone, he, you know, he leaves at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning and then doesn't come back until the evening. And it's like, he's, he's trying to put a roof over your head. He's keeping food on the table. You know, he's being a man or what we feel yeah. is our requirement to be a man or a woman, right? Whoever else yep. is, is, is trying to make the same struggle. Um, and I, I think these are some of those untold stories that a lot of these gurus who are out there, you kind of joked earlier about the whole business coach thing and influence. And it's like, you know what guys, like we don't hear some of that transparency or that deep vulnerability until they've made it. And maybe there are like people like uh, you, you're in mortgage, so you understand sales and marketing professionals. Like, do you, do you follow Grant Cardone at all? Yep. Right? Yep. Powerful platform. The guy just says it how it is. I have his book right there. Yeah. Be obsessed, be average. I have the audio book. Actually, he gave us that physical book at the Thrive Make Money conference I went to in San, in San Diego last year. It's going to be in Vegas this year. And I'm going back there again here at the, uh, at the end of the month. Um, he won't be speaking though this year. But the point is, like he, he said he, he comes out and talks about the struggles and what it was like and what he did. And he used to be on drugs before he started a family and everything, and, you know, because of the stresses of the job and car sales world. And I just appreciate that. But I find that a lot of us don't seem to bring up these vulnerabilities until we've quote unquote made it. <laughs> and then you feel maybe a little more bulletproof. Do you feel the same way? Do you see that in the business coaches out there or the or in your yeah. industry in your profession? Uh, yeah, we, we kind of make the joke, we call the people the you know, the peacockers who are always, you know, strutting their stuff. And everybody on Facebook, social media, they always look like they have a white picket fence. And then you realize that when you kind of dig back the layers, man, they're, they're scarred, and they're damaged. And we all are, right? We all I think are, yeah. The biggest thing for me is, you know, I'm just a real guy. And I like some people would say I'm raw, but I just like to tell people my story. Because there's a lot of people out there that have gone through struggles. You know, my dad passed away when I was seven. Wow. He was an entrepreneur. Uh, he was one of the founders of a small little airline called Horizon Air, merged with Alaska. Yes. And so I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family where the bank account would go from seven figures to no figures overnight. My, my mom wouldn't be able to cash a check. And then my dad passed away um, and we were left with nothing. And so my mom, who had been a stay-at-home mom, a seven and a nine-year-old, uh, had to go out and get a job overnight. So she, she started her own house cleaning business. And so I would help her clean houses as a seven-year-old. And I think that, I think what happens in life is people like us who have had struggles and challenge. I mean, they talk about the analogy I've, I've always loved is that wine analogy where the best grapes that create the best wine have gone through the most struggle. Hmm. And I think that's true with a lot of, you know, the gurus or the speakers out there is, you know, again, they don't talk about it till they're big, but maybe they did. We just didn't know about it because they weren't big, but if you can't be real, I mean, like there's other people out there who have affected my life positively in business and people who have, I've stepped on their shoulders to get, you know, to get to where I am. And man, if, if, if we do that for each other, you know, through abundance, like amazing what things could happen in, in business and in life. And so that's kind of my goal. And in coaching and in building out our team is just being real. Well, I, I think that comes to a, a very valid point where I, I've been a quote unquote coach 
in many different roles over the years. Am I currently marketing myself that way? No. Uh, but when I worked for T-Mobile, for example, they got rid of our managerial titles and then sent us into this deep immersion training for a couple of weeks and, and had us come back as coaches to coach, develop, mentor, and grow our teams. Because I was managing 20, 30 people. And we realized that every, you have to treat everybody differently the same, but I mean, it's like, listen, these are all individual human beings and like treat them as if you would be trying to be treated. Don't manage them. Don't control them, develop them and build the loyalty. And again, help them get to the next level in their career. So we got very, very good at career pathing. And I will say up to this day, I still give props to T-Mobile for doing that way back when, uh, because I was at a couple of companies that eventually got acquired by them before T-Mobile USA even existed here in the States. Back in the day on your side of the country, it was a company called Western Wireless, which on the East Coast here was called OmniPoint. And then Western Wireless became VoiceStream. VoiceStream acquired OmniPoint. And then VoiceStream got acquired by Deutsche Telekom's branch, which here in the U.S. is called T-Mobile USA. And Deutsche Telekom from Germany. So there's a quick little backstory on the wonderful world of telecommunications. <laughs> but the point is, like you just hinted at, like coaching, mentoring, development. And that's the whole point is that eventually each of us do need to step up on somebody else's shoulders. We need that assist. We need to accept the fact that we don't know everything. And we need to find those mentors, those coaches, or that mastermind group, right? Yeah. To, to be to get a part of. I'm a big fan of community. Like I, I have like a small group that I've been growing on Facebook for the Live the Fuel fans and stuff like that because I truly believe in the power of community. And it's like that's a way to use social media, for example, for good. It's like, okay, well, you yeah. could if you're gonna be on there anyway, maybe pop into a couple of communities and just feed off of that content. Like not everybody needs to participate, but at least take that content. That's free support system. So I, I don't know if you're in a few of those types of groups or not, but yeah, I mean, I am. I'm, I mean, I've, I'm in a paid coaching group that I obviously I invest in and I feel that's a big deal. I'm also in free ones. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is there was a time where I was taking more than I was giving from those groups, which, you mm-hmm. know, as you're kind of in your infantile stages, We've of all business, been there. Yeah. right. And, and then now it's important for me to make sure that I'm giving back. And I, I think it's huge. I mean, again, like social media, right or wrong is a platform. And it's, I mean, like the goal of social media platforms is to keep you on that platform for as long as you can, you can throughout the day. And so like, if we're, like you mentioned, if we're going to be on there, let's be focusing on positive activities. Let's not talk politics. Let's not get into, you know, these rabbit holes. Or just take, leave your newsfeed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And honestly, that's what we've done more and more of is just jump into the groups, talk about business. And, and the cool thing about it is, man, I, I, I would say that if if I could probably bet a steak dinner that if you have a struggle today, you could find somebody who's had that exact same struggle, made it through the struggle and can give you advice that will either save you time, money or both. Hmm. So for me, it's like, why not rely on other generous, like-minded people to find solutions to problems? Because when you mentioned Grant Grant Cordon, I think he created a book, the 10 X strategy. Yeah. The 10 X rule. Man, how, how do you 10X your business if you're learning, like if, if I'm learning how to ride a bike, learning how to create a fire, like why not just ask people who've already done those things, learn it from them, and then go do what I'm good at. So I'm, I'm a huge believer in groups. I think a lot of us are, unfortunately, depending, until that, that little epiphany clicks, you feel like you can recreate the wheel or the next best wheel and et cetera. It's like, well, do you really need to, right? Like, okay, yeah. why don't we just learn how everybody else did it? And then it's like, okay, well, do I have to recreate it or do I just take the best pieces of that and just start implementing it? Like, don't 
overhaul the whole damn process. Learn from yeah. other people's mistakes. You find the right groups, the right communities, the right um, the right webinars, the right support systems. You're gonna find that if you, when you find the right community, and you might make a few mistakes along the way, you know, but you'll find that oh my god, there's people here that actually do want to share their their success stories, but their weakness stories those things that they had to make mistakes and learn from. Because here's the biggest thing that we're all, I mean, you, I can tell you're like me, man, big self-development. You're going to make mistakes. in health, health, Whether we're talking about health, business, or lifestyle, which we talk a lot about in this show. It's like, guys, like that's how you learn. The, the most powerful chemical and hormonal responses in your brain that trigger memorization and, and new learned behaviors come from making a mistake. So yeah. you can still learn from that mistake from somebody else. The, the advantage of that is that you accelerate the timeline. So it's like, great, I get to learn how you screwed that up so I don't screw it up as bad. I'm still going to be able to remember it, and I'm going to be able to get past that faster. And then I'm still going to make another mistake down the road, but at least I'm not making that one. I'm going to make something different. <laughs> and then I could take yes. that lesson back to my mentors and say, hey, thanks for helping me not make that mistake, but here's something new that I just learned. <laughs> you know, and it's so funny. I was talking to my team today about it. Like, for me, if we make a mistake as a team and it costs us money, but we learn from it, I call that education. That's investment, right? man. It's and so like, for me, it's like the biggest thing I tell my team is, listen, I don't have a problem with mistakes being made as long as we use it as education. Mm -hmm. And, and you're right. Like my muscle memory is so refined when it comes to the mistakes I've made and not so refined when it comes to the things I've done well. Like I remember my mistakes far more than I remember the things that have gone well. And I think it's just been huge in, in business as I've grown out my branch and my team is like, cause you talked about like building people up and like, for me as a business owner, as a coach, eliminating that glass ceiling, like there is no glass ceiling. Right. Like there's always another step you can take in business and in life. And so encouraging that and making sure that we encourage, like if you're not encouraging people to make mistakes, you're not challenging them enough. They're not growing. And, and with myself you know, included, you're never going to get to your highest level of performance in business and in life if you're not stretching and reaching and growing. Well, yeah, especially because I mean, I'm a big, I mean, one of my biggest clients, for example, is, um, I, I spend more, a lot of my time developing their clients. So I do a lot of business development, still a lot of sales, sales and marketing professional as well. So I have a contract with them and then they have contracts with all of their companies that they develop for in their, and their niche is the HVAC industry. So like today I was up in, uh, Scranton and Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania doing B2B meetings. And, um, Again, for some of our listeners, that just means business to business, but you know, Shane and I talk to talk. So <laughs> the point <laughs> is, it's like, uh, I'm also that she hired a, a new team member. That's actually one of her employees, uh, in new England. And, uh, I said, listen, I've spent years of coaching and development. She's like, I hate coaching and developing. She's like, I don't want to, I, and I, I try and correct her. I'm like, you need to start figuring it out. Everybody needs to, especially if you're leading a business, you have to have at least a little understanding on it, but that's fine. So now she pays me to help with that too, <laughs> because I don't mind doing it. I enjoy doing continuing education calls every single week and then going over uh, the, his struggles or his opportunities because he's, he's younger, he's newer into the sales professional world, whereas I've been doing it a little bit longer. Um, and that's the whole point is that my master plan is that that dude eventually breaks the records that I've done for her company and her clients, because then I did something right. And yeah. that's that legacy that you aren't necessarily leaving behind, right? Cause I'm not, I'm not firing them as a client. They're still a client of mine. We're still growing business and getting paid for it. Uh, but the whole point is like, is there going to be a legacy left behind if for some reason or when it is time for me to move on or they're time to move on from me? Like you want to leave positivity behind. And that's what you're talking about here too, is that you couldn't, you couldn't have done what you've done by yourself. 
right? You had no, to build no, a team. No. Yep. Yeah. Now, yeah. when you first started doing this, when you like, let, let's rewind back, man. Like when you were firefighting, and then you're like, all right, man, I'm doing the whole suit thing on the side. Yep. Was that just you in the beginning? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, you know, and in the mortgage business, you have to work for a company, so you do have some representation. Sure. And like, yeah, you're, by default, you're, you're part of Fairway. Yep. And, and by default, your manager is your coach, right or wrong. And a lot of times wrong. But yeah. I mean, so I started with nothing. And now looking back on it, I mean, I, I was a one man band. I was performing five or six different roles. And quite honestly, not very good at several of those roles because it's not my skill set. Not, not that I didn't try hard. I, I mean, and that, you know, the biggest thing is that you can overcome a lot with effort. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm just not wired for certain things. I didn't enjoy certain aspects of the business. And when I was able to kind of take a step back and say, man, like, what am I good at? That 80-20 rule. Yeah. Like, what 20% of my day produces the most of my results? Only do that and pay other people to do everything else. Not only are you empowering yourself, you're growing your business, you're also empowering other people because now I'm, I'm employing people, mm. which, man, that's that's pretty powerful. And it like, you're, you're giving them a, a purpose. They're giving them yeah. a salary or a, a future yeah. income or for them to become what you've become, right? They can eventually yeah. be their own team builder. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge for me. And that's a big thing for me is like, the question I always ask myself is, can you ever like give too much value? Can you ever give too much? Hmm. And if you're working with good people and you're, you're aligned with like-minded individuals, I don't think you can. I mean, like the more I give, the more I get back, I learn from somebody every day. And I, it's just been my mentality. Okay. Well, so you talk about what, so a little rewind of what you were just saying in the past few paragraphs here is this, you were talking about focusing on your strengths, outsourcing your weaknesses. Yep. Um, have you ever heard the author, Mark McGrath, uh, one of his best selling books is uh, strengths finder 2.0. Yeah. It's an awesome book. Right. So I, I have that when people go to my website, I, I need to, I need to release a second release of this, but I have an e-guide when people get on the email list, I give them a free e-guide. It's multiple pages. Excuse me. And it's got like my best top recommended podcasts, ebooks, everything. And StrengthsFounder 2.0 is one of the number one books that I recommend to all of my clients because I'm like, guys, even if it's only one or two of you or by yourself as an entrepreneur, do you know the strengths that you bring to the table? A lot of people yeah. don't. Would you agree or disagree? I totally agree. And I mean, like what we do, anytime we hire anybody in our organization, in fact, before we'll even interview somebody into our organization, we have them fill out a disc profile. Mm-hmm. And, and that really, I think that really works really well with Strength Finder. Strength Finder is more of after we've hired them and we're looking to now coach and mentor and build up, we use Strength Finder. In fact, I was just talking today with one of my mentors about taking our group of loan originators and doing Strength Finder again, just to, again, always be oh, revisit. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny because uh, that client I was just telling you about, she just called me today. We were both, she was in business in Jersey. We were driving back. We just, we, we have like in the car conference calls all the time. And uh, she's like, Hey, what do you think about me pulling the whole team from New York and, and New England down to like on, on a Saturday instead of a weekday because our schedules are so crazy. She's like, would you come? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, I was like, I'm not a big fan of Atlantic city. If that's where you want to do it, but we could pick another <laughs> location. Um, but the point was, I was like, listen, if you're going to do this, it can't just be training and lecture. I was like, you got to make it about team building. You got to build about focusing on strengths. And, and she's like, well, yeah, we do have to do some sales review. I'm like, that's fine. But I was like, I'm going to tell you right now. I was like, I've told you guys now five different times over the past year and a half to implement StrengthsFinder 2.0, and they still haven't. I said, if you want me down there, we're doing that exercise. Awesome. Even if you are paying for me to come or not, I was like, that's a requirement. If you want me to attend, we are doing that exercise. 
I don't care. I was like, it's got to yeah. be done. You've been procrastinating. You never did it. This is my professional recommendation. If you trust me, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you think about, and in fact, it's so funny. We're on two parallel paths here. Today, I, I was talking about every year we do a like a loan officer boot camp for our people. Yeah, say, there you and, go, boot camp. There you go. And, and I'm ready to do another one. And again, I said, I was talking about today, we got to do it on a Saturday because I got to have people where they aren't in their business so they can work on their business, right? Schedules are crazy. Yep. That's it. And so we talked about Strength Finder 2.0 and we've got a, an amazing business development guy at Fairway who just happens to live down the street from me, just kind of ironically. And so he's going to come in and we're going to give them the Strength Finder book before the meeting, have them work through the book. And the first hour of our boot camp is going to be refining, you know, refining your skills. Hmm. I think it's huge. It is huge because, and real quick for our listeners, guys, we're geeking out about Strengths Finder 2.0. But again, you guys can find this on Amazon. I'll make sure it's hyperlinked in the blog show notes for this uh, episode because this is just something that if if you guys, the listeners, are followers of, of Shane or myself, it's a valuable tool. I don't, I mean, literally, you could take the content and apply it to relationships, friendships, career, schooling. Um, you could be 18, you could be 16, you could be 25, you could be 55. I don't care because it's all about taking that tool, as using it as a tool. And yeah. I agree with you. I, mean, I think it's very valuable when you brought up the fact that it could be reapplied. You can revisit it because everybody's growing. And now once they're at a different place in the timeline, hey, let's go back. Let's revisit it again. Let's see if the testing results change at all. Uh, but also just... How can we focus differently? How can we dig deeper into maybe one or two of those uh, key strengths and really help that excel? But also, like you hinted out, man, building a team, every person, every person on your team hopefully has one key strength that's different than everybody else's because then you're feeding off of each other, especially if you start incorporating yeah. it day in and day out. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, just because we're talking books, we use uh, a book called The Ideal Team Player. And it talks about three characteristics that everybody has to have to fit into a team. And, and I read the book after I'd already basically implemented the skills just without knowing it. And uh, it's so funny how you do that in business, right? You'll read a book. You're like, man, I've been doing that for years. I just didn't have a book to really like kind of dial it in. That's crazy. And it talks about three characteristics, humble, hungry, and smart. Nice. And if you're not humble, hungry, and smart, like you're not going to fit on my team. And because like, I want to exude those characteristics and I want my team to reflect those same characteristics. And again, that's always something that you always want to be refining and going back to with anything in business and in life. And like really, quite honestly, the ideal team player taking a disc profile, a strength builder, strength finder 2.0, you should do that when you get engaged. Like, oh, like, yeah. you know, Good like, point. like how would it be to say, man, like my wife, you're looking at a disc profile, it basically talks about four categories that of kind of your personality traits in business, right? Yeah. I'm a high D meaning I'm a driver, I'm a doer, and I, I don't really want to take BS and I because I want to climb to the top of the mountain. My wife is a high I. She wants to be chatty, fun, on the phone, bubbly. So we complement each other with those two characteristics. And although it's a business test, it works really well in life. So it's just funny you brought that up. Well, it's interesting because um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of some of these tests, but have you ever heard of Ty Lopez? He's, yeah. he's pretty viral on like Instagram and you know, he's always showing off his Lamborghinis and crap. And <laughs> I'm like, I get it. Like it's his shtick, but he's, yeah. he spoke at that thrive event last year too, along with like old school, powerful influencers like Jack Canfield. And, and it's just, it's just, I highly recommend the event. They always bring in world-class speakers. Uh, but, uh, anyway, one of his tests goes way beyond the disc. He, you talk about fr friendships and romance and he, he literally said, um, one of the tests, it 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 it, it, it analyzes people on the three negative uh, personality traits. So, like, uh, if you're a pessimist or um, 
What's when you're in love with yourself and you don't care about anybody else but yourself? Um, besides BS. We wouldn't know the word, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the point is, is like, it brings, it'll tell you like where you're at on the scale. And his whole point is this. He's like, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to tell you right now. He's like, as soon as you meet a girl, he's like, just do it for fun. Just say, oh, we're going to have a fun little test. And then if you see a score from like six to 10, run. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny because the guy, he's like, listen, he's like, I don't have time to allow people close to me in my life unless they're sane. And he's like, yeah. I, I, he strongly recommended these tests. I got to go back and find them. They're in my notes. Um, but I, I actually, that was another test that I wanted to do for my client. I was like, listen, why don't we start with like the disc and then the strength sign of 2.0. And then for fun, we'll save that one for dessert and just see how crazy <laughs> people are. Uh, you never know. It could be interesting. It might be a little yeah. scary. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'll save the results. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but you don't know. And that's the whole point. It's like, if these tests aren't 110% correct or even 100%. But if you're 80 to 85% there, I'm a little more confident looking at those results. I don't know. There's a lot of science that have gone into this content. So Yeah, we use we use a disc profile every time we interview somebody. And man, it's it's amazing when you take it on yourself how, how true it is to your characteristics. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, in the end, these are just tools to the listeners, guys. Like yep. he's talking about tools. I'm talking about tools. <clears throat> We'll have all this stuff noted, but the point is there's plenty of tools out there. Don't ever feel that you're lost or you're missing, you know, uh, the guidance. I mean, this is the power of podcasting or YouTube or, or again, using social media for something intelligent. Find good mastermind groups, coaching and mentoring. I mean, clearly, so it sounds like you've created some of your own inner circles for your profession, right? You're, um, <clears throat> is it just mortgage and loan officers or how, how's your niche here? Like give us more background to you and your inner circle, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, my inner circle started obviously just with the loan officers in the branch I worked at a couple of years ago, I fired my boss, uh, cause he wasn't a like-minded guy. And that's when I went out on my own, started my own. Well, I guess, let's pause on that. How do you fire your boss? As in, you just, you just say, you know, I'm out and I'm going to start my own thing. Yeah. Okay. I basically said, Hey, listen, you know, you don't exude the characteristics that I want to become. Mm. And unfortunately, by default, you're my mentor and my coach. And uh, I don't want to, and I, 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 I found myself, and I think this is true for any sales job, especially the ones that are high profitability jobs. I, I was gravitating towards those people and I didn't like what I was becoming. And so I did, I walked into my, my branch manager's office, said, hey, I don't like you know who I'm becoming. I'm starting to look a lot like you and I don't like that. And uh, just kind of cut through the BS. I fired my boss, started, started my own company. And, you know, I, I kind of one day had an epiphany. If, if I'm a stock, what would I invest in myself? Hmm. And if I won't invest in myself, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, how am I not valuable? And so I realized that, man, I, I would invest in myself. And if I'm going to pay somebody to build me up, I'd rather pay myself. And so I went out on my own. Uh, so my networking group started with people in my branch. It's now branched out all over the nation. Um, I've been in some different coaching groups, mortgage specific, and now not mortgage specific, but sales specific. Well, and, and quick to benefit you again to our listeners, guys. I mean, I, I did see, I didn't realize you'd gone almost nationwide expansion here. So real quick for the listeners, again, this will be in the show notes too, but you can check him out at kidwellteam.com and that'll take you to his fairway. And basically fairway is an independent mortgage corporation, meaning that it's anybody can, I'm guessing, open up your own franchise. Is that kind of how you're, you're, you're niched in there or is it a little bit structured a little bit differently? Yeah, so it's a private mortgage bank, uh, fourth largest in the country. Okay. Um, I, I, and they while we're would, talking, I'm going to share this. Go ahead. Keep, keep going. And, and they wouldn't say that it's a franchise model, but I think it's the easiest way to explain the model. So 
Uh, we, I'm the branch manager, I'm a producing branch manager. And I think the thing that that really means to the average loan officer out there is I'm in the trenches every day. Um, I'm working with real estate agents, working with clients. Um, I'm going through the same struggles they are. Uh, my specific branch is licensed in Washington, Oregon, uh, California, Arizona. Wow. Uh, we're looking to branch out fairways in all 50 States. And my personal goal is to branch out into other States under our platform. Okay. Uh, so my networking has been all over the country through, um, like-minded mortgage and sales professionals. And then I just launched, um, and I'm just launching my own consulting company that will encompass CRM. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, that's like your content relationship management software for yeah. sales professionals. Yeah, so I, uh, we, we use uh, my, my, my that one big client. We use heavily Salesforce, which is one of the biggest sales CRM platforms out there. So we're, we're actually building our own offshoot of Salesforce using that as the base platform. Because again, like we talked about. She's done the same. Why, why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. So yeah, so I'm doing that for mortgage specific. And so that'll be under my, my consulting platform. H4 consulting. And then, so I'm like my goal, like, and you talked about having side hustles, like in our business, there's so many things that we do where I, the, I, I say I grew up on a farm. I'm kind of a farm boy at heart. Biggest thing I would say is like when you, you know, you go to, you take a, you, if you're grow up on a farm, you have a cow and you take the cow. I grew to up the, on a farm. Okay. So you'll understand <laughs> this. So like right now in business, what a lot of people are doing is they're taking one of the cuts from the cow, the filet mignon, and that's all they're using. Why not use that whole cow? And so for us in my business, man, I'm already using CRM and I've already developed my own CRM. Why not share that with others? You know, why not share our coaching and some of our technology with others? Dude, we're and so parallel right now, man. Like this, oh, is, man, this is cool. I, I've been preaching this to my client. She has spent the past five years. Uh, you're probably using nowadays are calling it. Uh, well, she's using the Salesforce. Uh, it's called the partner portal. Okay. So she used, it's a, it's a side offshoot. She still, she still has full like Salesforce, full licensing yep. access, your traditional, but then like the partner portal is different. Like myself and the other contractors only see what she allows us to see. And I told her, yep. I'm like, Jen, have you built this to the point where literally you could just package this up and then copy and paste this for, for another sales rep firm? Cause she, that's what she has. She has a <clears throat> manufacturer's sales rep firm. So manufacturers, instead of hiring their own salespeople, hire sales rep firms. So she yep. has the whole Northeast from Delaware to Maine. And when companies want to hire her and her agency, they get that coverage. And then, you know, but then she, everything's being managed through that Salesforce platform. And it's like, and, I, and she said, she already knows that she has spent a long time custom building it. You know what it's like. If you've built it on that platform, she's looked at hiring people to build custom objects and all this other programming, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she We've got developers in India. Yeah. She figured it out on her own. That's how smart of a cookie she is. I was like, Jen, you've spent so many hours, so much time to save money, to figure it out on your own. You could literally be a Salesforce consultant, uh, uh, you know, independent third party and teach other people to do what you've done and probably make more than what you're making with your primary business as, uh, but anyway, that's a whole other thing. And I, I think it's awesome. You're doing that because it's a huge platform to our listeners, guys. Yeah. If you know anything about business, if you have anything to do with sales, marketing, whatever, if you build it on Salesforce, trust me, thousands and thousands and thousands of businesses and people are using Salesforce. It's it's massive. Yeah. So kudos to you, man. All right. Thanks, man. Hustling. I love it. So I drink a lot of coffee and I, <laughs> I move fast. <laughs> are, are you bulletproof in it? Uh, no, I'm not, but I, it's cause I'm allergic to dairy, but yeah. I've thought about it, man. I, I know I need to bulletproof it. Have you tested that though? Because I have. I, as I a health nut, test. there's, there's definitely different tiers of dairy concerns, right? Lactose yep. is not processed the same way in grass fed butter as it is in milk, for example. So, but if you're, if you, I mean, cause like the, the percentile 
of, again, we're geeking on health to our listeners is what I do. Um, the percentage of people that actually have a legitimate dairy allergy, are, it's very minimal. Usually yeah. there's a there's like different tiers and different levels, and usually it's just to do with the traditional milk world. Um, but butter and cheese, for example, are processed completely differently. So I, I wish I wasn't. Uh, so a funny, crazy story. I, I didn't have an allergy as a kid growing up. Yep. And Here, yeah. through the, my job as a fireman, I think I overstressed my adrenals and my body and my body started saying, Hey man, enough's enough. You've done too much to us. I actually got uh, a blood test done and have a bunch of food allergies that I never had as a kid. So, you know, the mm-hmm. last year for me has not only been resetting, you know, really understanding what's important, prioritizing my life, 80, 20 rule, but it's been kind of working on my health too. So yeah. Well, yeah, you hinted here and I'm just going to stop sharing the website again to our listeners, guys, this will be on YouTube as well. You'll be able to check out what we're kind of pulling around here. I'll be doing some more sharing here in a bit, but, um, in the notes you had sent me ahead of time, like you hinted about obviously some back injuries, uh, yep. and, and I can definitely attest. I know exactly what adrenal fatigue is. I didn't know what it was at the time. But when, you know, I just got done killing myself for six months straight and like to give you an idea, like we did 2000 hours in six months in one summer. So, and I know you guys did a lot too, but I had city city firefighting buddies of mine are like, that's a lot. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, but you guys live at the station. He's like, yeah, but you were like in the woods a lot. (laughs) I said, oh, yeah. Um, But the point was, I knew there was a problem when. You know, I went on a vacation to Ireland and I'm backpacking in Ireland and I'm like, I get back and I have no energy to go to the gyms. This is just after I had left, you know, firefighting. I was like, oh, I just, I'm just exhausted. I just need a month to rebuild. And then the second month goes by and I'm like, there's something, the energy's not back. Like, what's wrong? So I, it's, people don't realize the va- the value and the power of rest and recovery are so crucial. Huge. And Huge. when you're in extreme positions like firefighting, police, military, uh, EMS, EMTs, it's, it's very daunting. It's very exhausting. And it sounds like it definitely rocks your world a little bit. Yep. Absolutely. So what did you learn from it? Well, I mean, in business and in life, like if you don't take care of your body, you're going to crash. And man, it was amazing how the creative side of my brain basically shut down when I was exhausted. Hmm. And man, the more I've taken care of myself, like I made the joke today to somebody, man, I come up with a million dollar idea every week. I'm just too dang tired to ever implement because of my body and what I've done to myself. And so, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing in, in business and in life. I, I'm a huge proponent of being efficient in your workday, um, knowing when to say no, uh, eating well. And it's funny, like you, you look at like, you know, you go to LinkedIn and they say post about what the most successful people in life do. They always start early. They always exercise. They diet, like all those things. Like r- Rarely do you see a really fat, successful CEO right? Like, I mean, most people who are really successful, the power one players. of the components of that, yeah, is health. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know that, that if they're going to, and this is a, I hate using this <clears throat> term, uh, but I'm going to burn the candle on both ends. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, then you're going to crash and burn because yeah. I've experienced it. Yeah. <laughs> You've experienced it. Yeah. We can talk to this. We can teach this to other people that the old school claim to fame of, and I used to be one of those guys, man. Like even when I had my my professional gig and I was working my way up in the in the big business world, and I was like, oh, I'm chasing the salaries and the promotions and blah blah blah. I I just oh, I'm gonna go be a bartender on the side, or I was, or then when I stopped bartending, I always had until I became a firefighter, I always had a side job. I, even when I had a professional job, I would go teach spinning classes at six o'clock in the morning because I okay, then I'll be awake for my job. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would go in and coach and lead people. And, and like, I was like, 
I think back now, I'm like, why? I've always had multiple jobs and I can't yeah. explain it. So now technically I do because now I'm building these little side businesses and I run a podcast and everything else, but it's like, it's different now. It's, it's, yeah. it's something that I have control over and I've had to learn from that. And like you, it's like, you know, dude, if I'm going to launch a Salesforce based platform as, as a consulting company, I got to make sure that I've built a successful team that's covering, you know, is pulling some of the strings that I used to have to pull. So I have the freedom to do that and not negatively impact your wife and your family. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's huge. And I Full mean, circle. like, <laughs> I wouldn't do it if I didn't have such an amazing team. And I mean, that comes back to empowering people to be awesome. Uh, it comes back to building systems. I mean, the E-Myth was uh, another E-Myth book. Revisited. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Man. And then watching the founder, which just kind of hits on that blew my mind when it comes to building systems and automation and not recreating the wheel and handbooks and how to get people. So like I always say like my DNA, my business DNA is in all of my employees. We talk the same, we walk the same, we work in business the same. And if I didn't have that, I couldn't step away. I like the DNA word. That's powerful. Like I'm, I'm going back to your website here. Cause uh, again, listeners, kidwellteam.com, but uh, the Kidwell team, you got a couple, uh, I'm on your about you page. Cause I wanted to yeah. just, you know, I love the fact you got the firefighting image on there. You're giving some of your personal life in here. It's not all just business all the time. I'm like, I'll tell people all the time, like build your website. So it's truly showing who you are and who your team is. And it's not just, Oh, these are my services and these are my products. I'm not that way. I believe in a lifestyle brand. Um, and clearly, uh, is, is that your wife in the right hand photo here? That is. Okay. So you guys uh, getting a little athletic together. <laughs> so that was actually, so as I mentioned, my dad passed away when I was seven. Yes. Uh, one of the things for me in business is I, I feel it's really important to give back. And the more, you know, income we generate, the more we donate. And so that's a cancer walk we do every year in honor of my dad. Um, and the guys in the middle there, are some of my buddies from the fire station. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, for me, I think that, I think you hit on something that like people don't want to work with robots. They don't want to pay robots. They want to work with people that they could crack a cold one with share an event with, have fun with. And so one of the things we do is we do a ton of events for our clients and our referral partners. Um, and I'd like just to hit on one of your points about working all the time. Well, like a lot of people in our business, they brag about, I'm, I'm available on the weekends. I work all the time. I'm available 24 seven, call me 24 seven. And I, I totally don't embrace that model. Like what we tell our referral partners is, man, we get more done in five days than the other guys do in seven. We're just more efficient in our day. Right. And like, like that. It's not something to like hide. Like we do a really good job. We, we we perform at a high level, but I don't need to do that for 10 hours, 15 hours a day to be able to produce and have really good results. Well, and it's it's interesting because and I just connected over to I think I clicked on your branch and that's why yeah. Fairway Linwood. So yep. Um, and I love that we right there, American Cancer Society, American Warrior Initiative. You know, I have my own initiatives. I actually tomorrow, uh, around lunchtime, I'm going to a local hospital here, uh, cause I'm going to go get to learn uh, deeper understanding in a special medical wing for, um, uh, cystic fibrosis. So basically best way I could explain that to our listeners is that imagine like literally you're drowning in your own lungs. Um, it has excessive mucus buildup and literally people who have, are living with cystic fibrosis rarely get beyond their twenties. It's pretty powerful. So a buddy of mine, uh, here, the local chapter in Pennsylvania that, uh, they, they basically convince young professionals to come in and say, Hey, we're looking for new nominees this year, you know, to be, you know, the, the finest for CFF and everybody raises money. So it's about finding purpose with what you're doing. And it's just powerful because I was like, I was there for my buddy last year and, and we exceeded his goal. 
and uh, went to the gala, went to the dinner, and I got to you know meet one of the people who are living with it. And she said, you know, I was supposed to pass away eight years ago. Wow. And I was like, wow, this is. And she's literally like twenty four. And I'm sitting there like, this is ridiculous. Like, and now fast forward a year later, I'm turning 40 this month. And I'm like, this is what it's about, man. Like one thing I've had to learn and you, and you being a firefighter, I'd appreciate this. Cause you said, you know, you had to give up your pension, right? That warm, fuzzy, uh, feeling of, 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 that's what I learned about government. Like I never worked for government until I did the firefighting thing. And everybody's like, oh man, like you had, you could have went federal, you could have went career, you'd have a pension. And I'm like, I'd just be a part of the cog, man. I'd be just, I, I, I'd yeah. be trapped in that funnel. And uh, I realized deep down that I, I wanted to do something with purpose. So I've always done. That's why I kind of left the corporate world to go do the firefighting thing. I thought that's what would help me feel better. But then I realized I had this tug of war inside because I still wanted money. <laughs> but I know with money, I can do more with it. I can give back I, more, right? I'm not looking. I'm not looking for the mansion, dude. I'm not looking. Yeah. I'm not trying to be Ty Lopez with the freaking Lamborghinis and shit. Like I don't do that crap. Okay, I care about people. I care about I, giving back and finding purpose. And clearly, you get that. It's, that's what I I'm was, seeing on your site. I was just talking to one of my loan officers yesterday, and I said, "Man, like if you like donate all of your time and you have a forty hour, forty, you know, forty thousand dollar your job, and you you just give it away and you 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 become Mother Teresa, that's great. But what if you made four hundred thousand and you gave away a hundred? Like you can have a pretty big impact being really generous and still have a really impactful life for your family. And so that's my goal is like, there's that saying about holding on to the sand too tight. Yes. And if you hold on to something too tight, you, it, it like goes through, falls through your fingers. So for me, it like a, a firm belief I have is hold on to things loosely. Don't take it too serious and man, give away as much as you can. And so like, I'm constantly checking in with my wife, making sure we're giving back because at the end of the day, like if I focus on the money, I'm going to lose my core values. I'm not going to treat my people right. Yeah. I'm going to start becoming, again, that person that I don't want to become. Then I'm going to have to fire myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard but to do. If, right? you're, if, you're truly, if you're truly owning your stuff, you know, it's yep. like you got to step up, man. That means hey, yeah. if you're not living it up, you're not setting a good example. You got to let that guy go. And that's you, man. (laughs) That's scary. Yeah. How do you fire yourself? Right. And and that's, but that's, that's the wake up call. I think a lot of us need to have. And that's what I got from going to that event last year. Cause it's funny. Cause like my friends like thrive, like, is that that network marketing company? I'm like, no, 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 dude. Like it's just a guy who's a real estate mogul does stuff down in San Diego. And you know, he had almost died in a couple of car accidents and finally wanted to change his life, lost one of his best friends in one of those car accidents. And he was also tried being a firefighter, but injured his back uh, and almost didn't make it back. Seriously, dude, you're going to have to connect up with this guy. You have to come to Thrive, man. Um, like yeah. he, You and him are like almost <laughs> the same. Um, but his name is Cole Hatter, and he's the founder of Thrive Make Money Matter. And the whole point of that event, and so this is only its third year, but he just wants to bring together world-class speakers and welcome in entrepreneurs from all different walks of life and come in and you just learn for like, two, three days straight from the best speakers in the world. Like like I said, Jack Canfield, freaking Chicken Soup of the Soul, like, like spoke there last year. Uh, but the quote you just said about the 400,000 versus 100,000, I think one of the speakers said it was uh, Philip McKiernan. Uh, really cool, says it how it was, Irish accent guy speaking. And he's like, you know what? He's like, or, or this is either him or it was Grant Cardone. But long story short, it could have been Grant because the way I say this, you'll get it. He's like, listen, what's wrong with being a millionaire? He's like, if you feel guilty about becoming a million, I'm fine. Don't stop at a million. Make two. Give one away. You're yeah. still a millionaire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? You still made a million. Yeah. And you gave one a million away. So now you feel yep. better about it, don't you? And yeah. I was like, 
that is probably the simplest way that I could have ever placed it. It's like, great, you wouldn't feel guilty about making a million, then great. Make make one more and give half of your <laughs> half of your earnings away. That should make you feel a little bit better. But that was yeah. the point that every single speaker was trying to get out there. Is that what are you doing with your life? What is the legacy you're leaving behind? And you don't have to change the world overnight. Maybe, maybe going forward or in the next six months, you set a new initiative in your company saying, you know what, guys, maybe 1% of everything we do or 0.1% of everything we do is going to go to a new charity every year. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I challenged my clients to do the same thing. I'm like, I don't see you guys having a flagship sponsor, sponsorship, charity, whatever. I was like, we're in sales, we're in business, we're making money. Like, what are you doing to align that? I mean, I don't know. I, I yeah. think that, I think when people start making those decisions, your business finally goes beyond just being a business. Now you're now you're basically I like to call it a purpose factory, right? Because you're still helping other people with mortgages or loans or whatever, and now your training platform and your and your Salesforce platform. But it's like, but if you have alignments like you have with American Cancer Society and the American Warrior Initiative, it's like, oh, yeah, he's making money and he's actually helping people at the same time. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy. And, and this is not why I do it at all. It's weird, but the byproduct of generosity typically is you see your business thrive. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, not like and I'm that's donating what they money. talk about literally, I swear to God, yeah. you, you could be a speaker at that event. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly why they use that word. It's like, you want to see your business thrive, start doing something better with your money. Yep. Start and I think it's because it shifts your mindset, right? So then it, it, it puts you in a place of generosity, just in your mindset. So now when somebody comes in the door, you're approaching them with a different manner. You have a different energy. People feed off that energy. And they, I want to be around other people that are energetic and positive mm -hmm. in business and in life. And I think that's the same. So yeah, I'm a firm believer of that. Well, it's funny too, because um, I'm, I'm starting to get into more speaking. And this is, I, I, right before we started the show today, I mentioned how like I just launched a show a year ago. And I went to my first ever podcast conference called the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference last year. And they, you know, he invited me back this year and I had already bought a ticket to come back this year. And, uh, and I told my fiance how I wanted to, one of my new income streams. I would eventually, I, I, I'm all about motivation and inspiration. I've been a ski race coach and cycling coach, and I coached in Timo. I've been a coach a long time. So I love talking. I have no problem speaking to people. So I was like, why not get paid for that? You know, why not you know, be able to say, you know what? A, a cancer event comes up and they're looking for a powerful speaker and I can donate my time. They don't have to pay me to be there. Um, but I know it's worth something. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because she's like, oh, so you're getting paid to go speak, you know, tomorrow night because I'm going down to Philadelphia to speak at the conference. And I was like, no. And she's like, then why are you going? I said, because number one, I committed to go last year. I bought a ticket as an attendee before they even asked me to become a speaker. And I was like, third of all, it's only their third annual conference. I'm investing in them and they're investing in me. We're going to get something out of it. Yeah, I bought a ticket. I was like, I don't need to be paid to go speak at this event. I was like, it's only my first year being a podcaster. I feel guilty being paid to come speak at a podcast conference. I've only been a podcaster for a year. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's all in your mindset because I know that it I'm is. putting in the reps and yep. it'll all fuel a better result in the end. And I think too many people are focused in the now and they're not seeing the future. I don't know. What, what would you speak to on that? Yeah. I mean, like if I, if I said to you, Hey man, would you like to go shoot, you know, free throws with Michael Jordan for free? Or would you like to wait until you get paid to shoot free throws? Man, I would like to learn for free. And MJ, anytime, hell yeah. <laughs> anytime you go to these events, like I always take something out of these events. And like I was in um, Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, uh, speaking at a mortgage company's event. And I didn't, I, I, my travel was paid for, but I wasn't paid to speak. 
And so I'm like, man, I get to go meet a bunch of other high thinking people. Like I would have paid for it. Why, why would you not invest in yourself? And if you're not always improving, you know, you're, you're being left behind by somebody else in business. I'm glad you bring that up because my own fiance is a, is an entrepreneur. And I was joking around with you earlier because, uh, she, you, you use ring central as your phone service back at backbone. Yep. She doesn't like that because she wants to have a live person answering, but the current service she's using screwed up a, a lot of times over the past week and they haven't apologized for their mess ups. They're just saying, Oh, it's okay. We fixed it. And like, no, you gave us a bad experience to our customers. And now she's looking to change services. So I was like, well, you got to weigh everything out. My point is yep. though, she doesn't understand my passion for events. And I said, listen, I'm not trying to go to an event every single week because then you run information overload. But that Thrive event that I went to last year, like, and I'm wearing the bracelet right now, we call ourselves the Thrive Tribe. And the other side of the, of the, of the bracelet says, make money matter. So I wear this year round. I'm not getting paid to wear it. And I'm a marketing guy, all right? I, I just had freaking uh, uh, decals done, you know, for my brand and everything else. So it's like, dude, I, I get it. It's like, this is bigger. It's got a bigger purpose. And yeah. I was like, she's like, and the same weekend the Thrive is at the end of this month, I'm supposed to be at my friend's wedding. I'd already wow. bought a ticket last year at Thrive to come back this year. I, I bought in early. That way I was committed. He wasn't marrying her yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I blame him. <laughs> and, I, I, and I had Cole had her on the show and we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago and I aired his episode because Cole had never been on the show and he's, I was like, listen, I'm coming, man. I told my buddy, I'm like, your, your wedding better be on Friday night because I'm going. I'm going on Saturday and Sunday. I'm not missing the conference because I explained this to my fiance. Said, you just said it. I said, this is a commitment to myself and to you. I was like, I commit to better myself and grow myself. I can't just go in and work with the same clients day in and day out and keep growing business. And it can't be all about sales and commissions and everything else. It's not, it's bigger than this. And not everybody understands that. And not everybody's yeah. ready to understand that yet. Um, so I, I have a feeling you probably have had this conversation with a few people yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big sports guy and up here in, you know, in the PNW, it's the Seahawks. And I was talking about our coach, who's an amazing guy, Pete Carroll. And he's, he's got this mantra, always compete. And he's very positive. And I said to one of my law officers, I said, man, could you imagine if he stopped challenging Russell Wilson to get better? Like, what would that look like in sports? Mm. If, if you aren't challenging, you know, your team to get better all the time, what are you doing? Like, what's the point of having a coach? They're not challenging you to improve. And if you're going to be a coach, you have to be able to self-challenge and to self-improve. And so that's a big thing for me is, man, if I'm not challenging myself to grow my team one time, I, they used to say to me, Shane, you move too fast. And I finally said, I used to kind of just say, okay, yeah, I'll slow down. I finally said, why aren't you moving faster? And like, I kind of said to them, like, listen, you came to work with me because of my energy. I'm not going to change who I am and slow down. You need to pick up the pace. And I think that's a huge thing in life is like always challenging yourself and challenging those that have agreed to be a part of, you know, your, your tribe or your network. Well, and, and let's be real. I think a lot of people sometimes are afraid to be in a tribe or afraid to be in a network. And again, I've said this before. I think we're just all at different places on the timeline. And yeah. that's fine. That's okay. But yep. I, I tell everybody, like, guys, like the personal self-development, professional development, the resources are out there, man. Like I can remember the, the first, one of the first books I ever read when I started trying to like grow myself. This is years ago. I think it was like, what color was your umbrella? Or is that the name of the book? It was like a career. I think it was what color is your umbrella? Long story short, it was one of those self-development books you found and you walk into a a, a, a bookstore like Barnes and Noble and that's in the self-help section <laughs> and it's supposed to help you figure out what career you're supposed to do and I was looking at that when I was like 25 
And uh, everybody's at a different place. It's like just yeah. you may not be able to figure it out tomorrow <laughs> or next week, but just start putting in the reps, put in the work, do the Strengths Fighter 2.0, do a disc analysis, find circles of influence. Um, hell, create your own. I mean, yeah. you, you didn't always have your own, but eventually you got to the point where I'm like, you know, I need to build one. Yeah. I got, so I got a team to nurture. <laughs> and especially social media. You could get on social media right now and post, hey, I'm looking to have four people challenge me in my personal and professional life. Who's in? And I can almost guarantee you would get four or five people that are also looking to do that same thing and have you know some personal development. I love that. And right now I'm back just because I know we're getting to the end of the episode here and I want to give a little more sharing to you and your site and your team. But uh, you got Martin on here. We got a shout out to Brooke. Uh, so clearly this is some of your core team, I'm guessing, out of the... Yep. This is the Linwood location. So yeah, so we've got you know our core team. We've actually got a couple locations, um, and I've kind of segmented each one out to have their own kind of shout out section. Um, and Broken Martin are loan originators, so they're you know at the front lines of the sales. Our support staff, who quite honestly, like I tell people, I would rather keep support staff than keep loan officers because they can be replaced. Good support staff can't. So I should really have them on the front page of my website because they're the ones that do all the heavy lifting. But I can actually um, yeah. tell you, yes, because yeah. who, who's dealing with and nurturing your clients ongoing all the time? My team. I highly recommend 100%. That. Yeah. Yep. People yep. people forget who's the front lines. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Or if nothing else, just have a nice big group photo too. I mean, that way you yeah. can have these guys and your, and your support team in there. So, uh, and I think it adds a human element, right? Because nowadays so many people are outsourcing. So many people have like third party call centers. And it's like, no dude, like this is your support team. Like this is, yep. this is team Kidwell. <laughs> yeah. So we, what we started dabbling is Facebook live. So I just did a Facebook live video last week and I actually just like walked through my office with my camera, introduced my team. We were doing kind of like a client a client appreciation day. And for me, my clients are my staff. So we were getting my team's cars detailed at the office. So we had a come in, detail the cars. And as we were doing that, I walked through the office, just introduced everybody on Facebook to my team. That's cool. I like the uh, little little employee reward there, the whole uh, nice little detailing. Was it like a legit detailer too? Like, it was legit, man. Like it was like spending a good amount of time like, on each car? Yeah. I mean, it was a full day event. My car looked brand new. Nice. Was he breaking out the, they call it the clay bar? The, yeah, they had like the Carnuba. They had the Carnuba wax going and like, oh, yeah, it was it was pretty legit. Yeah, that's one of the things we like to really make sure we take care of the team. Well, and I think that's a nice touch. You're, you're thinking outside the box. You're not buying people a freaking plate of donuts and a box of, of, uh, of coffee and saying, hey, thanks for being on the team. First yeah. of all, don't eat donuts. <laughs> Second of, uh, but I, I love what you guys got going on. Uh, what do you guys got coming up, man? Like you got a, you got a big year ahead I mean, or the rest of the year, I should say to close yeah. out strong. So yeah, we're on pace to do 110 million, uh, in our second year, which uh, I'm looking at 12, 12 months. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, I've got some side hustles. So my whole thing was when I gave up my pension, I had to replace it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm investing in some investment properties. Uh, my wife and I are closing on a duplex this month. We're building out, uh, you know, H, you know, our, our H4 consulting, um, we got a lot going on. And then the biggest thing for me is like, and, and I like, I hate when people say I, I'm going to try to do something. So I, I will. So, uh, my goal is, and I will, uh, we've been supporting, uh, some well development in Africa. So for clean water in Africa, and we've donated a lot of money to that. And my goal, and I will, I'm going to go visit all those wells. And so that's been a goal of mine. And so to build my team out so that I could leave, my clients would be taken care of and, uh, all of our referral partners would still be treated like VIPs. So that's, that's what's on the calendar for us. It's a big year. That is pretty awesome. 
Dude, what are you doing the last week of September, man? I gotta, you gotta come down. To, I swear man, to God, I, like I, Cole we're, Hatter. We're connected. I'm, I'm free, so we might have to make this a reality. Cole, Cole Hatter literally started his own, like, uh, he built like a school in Mexico, and they go. Wow. He, he takes his inner circle uh, team down there a couple times a year. They all drive from California with, with, uh, you know, toys and groceries and and like you know fuel that. And then one of his. Um, one of his guests last year, I met him. His name P.J. Dixon. Uh, I forget what he what he lives with, but he's he's wheelchair bound. But he's also like a, a black belt. Like he can, his arms look like they're just bone, but like he can move his arms and immobilize you as a black. Belt. I don't know how the hell he does it. Anyway, P.J. is amazing. He's coming back and he's speaking this year, and he's so honored. But we lifted him up on stage last year because he did one of those. Um, it was not really crowdfunding, but it was he wanted to. Uh, Pencils of Promise. Have you heard of Pencils of Promise? No. Pencils of Promise is a basically a platform where anybody can go and register, build up your own page, and then you can raise money for schools around the world, just kind of like you're talking about. Or you can either build a school with your fundraising page, or you can raise money for like school supplies, yada, yada, yada. It's gone viral, man. There's famous music musicians having their own Pencils of Promise pages and campaigns because people are trying That's to awesome. find a way to add purpose. Anyway... The first Thrive, he tried raising enough money to build his first school, and it didn't finish off. So at the end of the event last year, we pulled him up on stage, and no joke, nobody knew what was going to go on, and Cole's like, all right, guys, right here, right now, nobody has to do it, but we have so much money, I think we had to still raise like another 20 grand, and he's like, I've already set up a link, start donating. He's like, you guys, we'll send people around if we have cash, you want to do it online, here's the link. He's like, I'm going to give us five, 10 minutes. And I'm going to let you, PJ, tell you more about why he started this last year and why we're trying to help him finish his journey. He's like, listen, he's like, whatever you guys don't donate to hit that threshold, he's like, I'm paying for the rest. So he, wow. he right on stage. Powerful. It was awesome. And obviously, dude, we hit his free, I'm sitting there refreshing on my iPhone and I'm showing the people next to me in the audience. I'm like, dude, we already, we already crushed it. And they don't even know, like we, I'm sitting there donating, everybody's donating and I'm watching the numbers just go, go, go. And I'm like, this is real life crowdfunding with a purpose. And like, I, I have hair standing up on my arm right now because I was so fired up from that moment. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm freaking talking about. And it's just cool experiences like that, that I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to go back every year now. <laughs> yeah. Well, do me a favor. So send me that information. I definitely will. Uh, my calendar is free yeah. and it's on, where's it, where's it at? Is it it's in, in San Vegas. Diego? Vegas. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's even easier. It's cheaper to fly no there. <laughs> yeah. I got no excuse, right? Yeah. First year was Vegas. Second year was San Diego. This year he's bringing it back to Vegas. And cool. I think we're, I think we're doing it at the hard rock dude. He's got like a killer room block. I think I'm paying like 300 bucks for the weekend for the hotel. I was like, are you kidding me? It's stupid. Um, and it's a business expense. <laughs> thank you very much. Entrepreneurship at its finest. And it's a self-development and a professional development. Um, yeah. but we even have, um, who's the, uh, Olympic speed skater. Uh, oh, uh, what was that I guy's mean, name? Ono or uh, yeah, uh, Apollo Ono. Yeah, yeah, he, he's speaking. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a freaking former Olympian. There, I'm like, what? So I mean, um, I'll send you my referral link. Uh, cool. and I'll email it back to you. But if you just cool. want to like look him up when he got off the phone here before cool. I get him, it's it's just attendthrive.com. To our listeners, guys, I am gonna put this up on the website because I actually have a referral link because admittedly. Dude, I'm, I'm been, I've been preaching this for so long. They made me an affiliate. And if I refer enough people, I could level up to a better attendance package. I don't know. I don't care. I'm going anyway. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, but if I can help other people get there, I just think it's a powerful experience. 
And if even if it's just you who goes, I know you'll bring back so much juice for your team. It's just going to be freaking, you'll, you'll be so fired up. I, I literally have two journal books full of notes from last year. I just, I was just going crazy. I went old school and was just handwriting everything. I keep telling people, am I going to eventually take this stuff and turn it into blog articles, but I'm just so busy. I haven't done it yet. So, but you were talking about earlier about 10 X 10 X man. I told you he's, he spoke there last year. The average. So he was one of the speakers. So yeah, they're not messing around. He, he, he's got a hell of a lineup. So I'll definitely send that over to you. Um, but listen, we're, we've been, I want to respect your time, get you back to your family. Uh, just so you know, and, and I'm honored that you chose our show to be one of your first podcasts. Thank you again. Thank you, man. I really so appreciate it. I've done this for a few people. Uh, I've, I've, as one person said, he's like, dude, he's like, you've, uh, pardon the term, but he's like, he's like, you popped my cherry in the podcasting <laughs> world. And I was like, okay, um, thank you. Uh, and I've done it many, many times for other people. So I was like, cause the whole point here is, is get outside the norm, get outside the box, do stuff different. And God forbid, this could be more content for you that could help you grow your brand and your initiatives. And that's all yeah. I'm trying to do here with uh, the fuel. Um, but for you, sir, for our audience, I give the final word of the show to you. So I know this is kind of a last minute thing, but this is your opportunity to say, you know what, with our listeners, if they forget everything else we talked about today, it's like, because in blatant memorization, you usually remember the first thing somebody says or the last thing they say, but like your mission, everything you're doing, the bigger purpose, you know, what kind of message do you want to leave behind to our listeners so that way they remember you and they can follow you and go and go back to our show notes and click on every way they can follow and like you? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing I've learned and kind of in my journey one is make sure that every ounce of everything you do and every second of every day is powerful and it's impactful to people. Uh, and it's not bad if that brings you financial gain, but make sure you give that financial gain back. Uh, have a bigger purpose in life and have a vision of where you want to end up and make sure that you actually are going towards that vision. I have a vision. I'm sitting on a porch. I'm watching my kids playing in the lake. My family's healthy. My family's happy. That's my vision. If I didn't have that vision, I wouldn't have the right motivation and I would be going in the wrong direction. So create that vision for yourself. Get on those train tracks and don't let anybody kick you off those tracks. I like that. Get on those train tracks and don't let anybody kick you off. I'm loving it. Well, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Listeners, guys, again, check him out at kidwellteam.com. I mean, he's got what it takes. If you know nothing about mortgages, this is bigger than just mortgages and loans and everything else, but it sounds like he's got a pretty epic team you might want to work with, especially with people on the West Coast that are listening to this show. Uh, but again, check him out at kidwellteam.com. Everything you can do, Facebook, website, everything will be linked in the show notes like we always do. Uh, as John Lee Dumas says, we have the best show notes in the industry, so I'm just trying to follow a great mentor myself. But to our listeners, check out attendthrive.com. We'll have that linked in here as well. I hope to see you guys out in Vegas. It's a powerful event, especially it will, it will probably change your life for most of you. Uh, but again, thank you again for Shane being our co-host today. To our listeners, guys, this is what we're all about. So keep living the fired up epic life. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel fans. Quick commercial break. Uh, before we close out the episode, just wanted to give you some extra tips and tricks before we send you on your way. So again, thank you again for listening to the Live the Fuel show. I hope you got a lot out of this recent episode. Uh, more importantly, please subscribe to this show if you haven't subscribed yet. Stay in touch. Get me some feedback. Submit a review on iTunes or Stitcher and get us yet the voice of you, the listener, so we can build this content back into the show and make sure that I'm actually taking you, the listener, into this uh, design and future future as Live the Fuel grows. So again, subscribe, submit a review, stay in touch. 
Heck, on that point, go visit livethefueltank.com. Livethefueltank.com. That will take you to the link to our private Facebook group community where you can join and I can stay more in touch with you going forward outside of the podcast world. All right, last quick little piece here for you guys, some extra value. One, go to livethefuel.com main page. You'll see on there we have our free resources guide. If you are looking for free content and not having to pay for it, consider getting on my email list. You click on the button, send me my copy, get your Super 7s resources guide. There's over 21 of my favorite online resources that I built into this little uh, electronic guide for you guys. There's no cost. It'll just be emailed to you just by hopping on my email. Again, just thank you for listening. I want to give you some value. Uh, Second piece of my little extra nuggets of knowledge, if you want to call it this, is go to the resources section on the site. In there, I have three columns, health, business, lifestyle, and two, right off the bat that I want to make sure you guys are taking advantage of is number one, eatpillynuts.com, and number two, villacapelli.com. Their logos are on the site. You got a big bowl of nuts there, and you got a cool big V, Power V logo. Both of those, if you use the discount code FUEL, F-U-E-L, you will get 10% off at checkout. So take advantage of that, please, and thank you. And more importantly, there's other companies linked on there. Uh, My nutritional and health alignment with Isogenics since 2010. Uh, The Pure Vitamin Club company for their kick-ass magnesium B12 and an awesome multi-cap. There's some additional business resources on there. Number one, Singularis IT. I go mountain biking and road cycling with the founder. This is a legitimate IT company. I don't care where you are in the world. You can use their services. We're talking about serious white glove level services. I've moved all of my IT solutions over to them, and I outsource them regularly for any future and onboarding clients down the road. And lastly, but not leastly, David Studio. If you have no clue who this guy is, guess what? He is my new audio engineer. This is the guy I've been having making it happen behind the scenes. I found him through the Fiverr world. So if you search for David, D-A-V-I-D, studio on Fiverr, you can track this guy down. But guess what? He's also on the Upwork platform. He's on the People Per Hour platform. You can search for him through his real name. I've never literally physically met this guy or talked to him in person. We have been just met through the online world. But if you search for E-M-I-N, that's, I believe, pronounced Emin, and uh, Fikik, which is F as in Frank, I-K-I-C, you can search for him in Upwork people per hour. Oh, more importantly, just go to Fiverr like I did. But if you are a podcaster or somebody just looking to get quality audio engineering, this is your guy. So again, guys, I'll let you get back to your day. Thanks again for listening to Live the Fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to Live the Fuel. Visit us at livethefuel.com. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at Live the Fuel. Live the fired up epic life. Hashtag Live the Fuel.